everybody? Tuesday, June 28th, 8.30. We have a fantastic podcast lined up for you today. Not only are we going to break down the new ACC schedule that has been put out in the five, five, and three rotators. Billy Ray Mitchell here. I am in Rhode Island. First time ever recording here. I am joined by Pat Finn, who is in North Carolina. We are the Sons of Saturday. And we thought, who better to bring on to have this conversation than Bryce Chalkley, who is, I believe, the first guest that Sons of Saturday has ever had in their history. I mean, we're going on a couple years now. 500,000 listens. Thank you to everyone who has tuned in. That is a pretty cool milestone. Uh, Hit that today. But first, before we get into this, we have to talk about our friends down at Main Street Pharmacy. Main Street Pharmacy is your one-stop shop for your prescriptions. It is your one-stop shop for your Q-tips that you should use to clean out your ears, which a lot of college kids may neglect. Uh, And it is noticed and it is gross when you borrow someone's AirPods and then you have all that earwax all over the AirPods. Nobody likes that. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Also, floss. That's important. College kids, they don't do that anymore. Take care of your teeth. Or uh, if you don't, or you could use a water pick. Or you could use a water pick. And if you do neither of those, then we will refer you to our friend, John Cran. But Main Street Pharmacy, that is your one-stop shop for everything that you need in the Blacksburg community. How's everybody doing today? Bryce, welcome back, man. It's been way, way, way too long. He's dressed the part. He's got a collared shirt on and a smile. How's it going, buddy? Billy, it's going great. It's great to be back. Um, I think it's my third time here, but pretty special. I saw that you guys hit 500,000 uh, downloads or, or, or viewers, however that works. Um, that's, a, that's a pretty big milestone, so uh, congratulations there. Um, for, y- for those of you at home um, who can't see Billy, uh, Mr. Billy is rocking his Top Gun, Miles Teller, Rooster, mustache. <laughs> he looks handsome. I'm going to be honest here. And then Pat, good to see you as always. I know you're only about a mile from me, but uh, always great to see your face as well. 0.8 miles away. 0.81. There you go. All right, everybody. So the schedule came out today. Pat, why don't you go ahead and give the people a rundown of what the ACC announced, and then we'll dive into uh, some details and how we all feel about it. All right. Here is the nitty gritty. Each team, and this is for the next four years, if I'm not mistaken. Goodbye. Wave goodbye. Everyone, everyone wave. Everybody wave goodbye to the Coastal Division and the Atlantic Division. No more Coastal Chaos or Atlantic uh, Anarchy. Each team will play three primary opponents annually, and then the other 10 league teams, each team will play them twice during this four-year cycle. So Virginia Tech, we have Wake, we have Virginia, we have Pittsburgh, and then the other 10 league teams, we will play home and home twice uh, during that four-year cycle. The top two teams by conference conference win percentage will play each other in the ACC championship game on the first Saturday in December in the great city of Charlotte, North Carolina. By the way, side note, I don't know if this was a thing last year, but but I did notice that the ACC championship game is uh, sponsored by Subway. Boo! Pepper or not, you know. Whatever it was before that, I don't know how you guys feel about Subway. I am a big-time seller on Subway. Um, 
But yeah, so Tech, we have Pittsburgh, we have Wake Forest, we have Virginia. Uh, we'll play each of them the next uh, four years every year. A lot of uh, a lot of commentary today. Let's go down each one. Um, starting with Pittsburgh and Bryce, I know you have some, some big thoughts on this one, just to set the table here for you. Um, Pittsburgh and Virginia tech, great rivalry, uh, in their history. Tech has won 11 games. Pitt has won 10. Um, Bryce, what are your thoughts on, on the pit matchup? I'm pretty fired up about that. Yeah. But before we get into that, um, I want to just say two quick things. One, no one has ever used the term Atlantic anarchy. I don't know where Pat came up with that. I don't hate it, but I've never heard it before. So I just got to call you out on that. And that's a thing. That's on me. I've never heard it. Maybe I don't want to watch enough NC State Wake Forest football games. Um, second of all, can we address the elephant in the room? You did not say Boston College. You didn't say Boston College. Everyone's been arguing about that and upset about that for years. They're not on the list. I, I feel like it needs its own show, to be honest. Um to answer your question, though, Pittsburgh, if you had to pick three teams Virginia Tech was going to play, if the three of us got to go, you know, have our first pick of the teams that we got to play every single year, I don't see how you leave Pittsburgh off this list. It's one of those games where, and I said to you earlier, it's kind of a measuring stick for us. It's a team that we know we got a good football team when we beat, and we know we're not as good as we thought we are when we lose. It's a school that's very similar to ours, I think, in terms of toughness. And it's a team that I want to play and a team that I want to beat every single year. Do I get excited about going up there and playing at Heinz Field? No. I think it's absolutely terrible when a college football team plays in an NFL stadium. It's brutal. You know, I'm kind of looking at some other schools in our conference, you know. But still, I, I love the matchup. I'm excited that we get to play them every year. No complaints there for me at all. Any zag from you, Pat? I know uh, you're going to double down on having to go up to Pittsburgh. As far as the football product, I do love watching these two teams play each other. Um, so go ahead, yes. Pat. Give me Pittsburgh over Boston College, as we said before, you know, 10 times out of 10. And it's going to be a bloodbath every single time we play Pittsburgh. It's a competitive game. And Bryce nailed it right there. No zag for me on Pitt. Obviously, I had three schools in mind that I wanted. Um, we talked about this on a podcast like a little over a month ago. Um, you know, my three were Carolina, Miami, and UVA, and we only got one of those three. So let's let's move on. I think we know that UVA, we're all aligned there. What uh, more can you say? Love going to Charlottesville. Love beating. I love beating UVA in Charlottesville. I love beating UVA in Blacksburg. Uh, it has to be on there. It seems like they got the one rivalry for every school. Correct. This was the one had to be on the list. Nothing else to talk about. And let's be I, honest. I think, yeah, I'll jump in real quick. The Virginia Tech versus UVA football game. And Bryce, you might be leading on to this. The Virginia Tech versus UVA football game is one of the best rivalries there is in college football right now if you look at the past 10 years every single tech uva game has had a level of excitement excluding uh 2016 when we ran them out of town 52 to 10 um and then a few prior to that but like if you think of beamer's last game like that was a thriller you think the bryce bryce perkins fumble even the game that they beat us um you know with uh this year this year was great too this year was fantastic. And then the COVID game, 
you know, Khalil Herbert had a great day and Braxton Burmeister had a great day. And aside from 2016 and 2020, every other game has been white knuckler down to the fourth quarter. You know, 2014, Friday night, Bucky Hodges had his heroics. Michael Brewer, you know, we we sandwiched Grayson Lambert. Um, 2013, what was 2013? Uh, 2013 was it was a tight game in Charlottesville. 20, uh, what was the 10 nothing game in 2017? That one was pretty boring, but it was still a close game. Like you have phenomenal football games between Virginia Tech and Virginia, and uh, I always enjoy them. And uh, it's fun to win those as well. Shout out to Cl- Chuck Clark on the clincher in the 2000 uh, 2000 I believe it was 2016 game. 15. Um, 15. Thank you. Uh, Wake Forest. I'm gonna let you guys go because I feel like I'm on the opposite side uh, of you all. So, what are your initial reactions to the Wake Forest draw, Bryce? We'll start with. Yeah, I'll I'll jump in here. So, you know, Pat mentioned the three schools that he wanted. Um, I think he said Miami, UNC, and um, UVA. I, I, I could be wrong there, but I think that's what the three he said. For me, it was Pittsburgh, North Carolina, and Virginia. Obviously, didn't get North Carolina. I think that is becoming a super fun rivalry. Obviously, we still get to play them, not as much as I'd like, but let's. But moving on there. We could have gotten a way worse pick here is the way I kind of look at it, first and foremost. We could have got Boston College. We could have got Louisville. I'm really not that excited about playing Georgia Tech. I wouldn't have been that excited about playing Duke. Wake Forest is a team that's coming off a great year. They're getting better. They have a great coach. And selfishly, it's the shortest drive from Charlotte for me. So I'm excited because now I have an away game that I can probably go to each and every year for the foreseeable future. So I don't hate it. I mean, obviously, it's not our top pick. I think if you said, hey, we're going to do this draft again, you're going to be a little nervous that you might end up with Boston College. So you'll be okay with Wake. So I don't mind it. It's not my favorite pick in the world, but I think it's going to be a good football game. So to piggyback on that, because maybe we are a little bit more in alignment. And also it's the closest school to, it is the closest school to Virginia Tech. Um, This rivalry, quote unquote, has been a lot closer than people may imagine. And we'll just hop in the Magic School Bus and go through it real quick. 2014, if you're a sicko and you love horrible, horrible football, six to three, the memes, we've all seen them. It put Virginia Tech nationally on the map for maybe reasons that a lot of people don't like, but that was a great football game that we ended up losing. 2019. That was not a great football game. It was a tight game that we ended up losing. Okay. Everybody wants to talk about Wake. Like the fact of the matter is Wake is two and one in the last three matchups. That was was the Shane Beamer Wakey Leaks game. We had the answers to the test and lost six to three in multiple overtimes. That was not a great football game by any stretch of the imagination. If you're a a sicko, if you're a sicko, if you like, I think, I think Billy's confusing a close game with a good game. (laughs) There is a difference. I think if you want to hate watch and you have no rooting interest, it was fun to watch. Um, which nobody on this podcast is going to fall into that category. 2019, a statistic that people will hate. Coach Foster wins his second to last home game and Tech won a game at home versus a ranked opponent for the first time in like a decade in 2019. Uh, Tech won 36 to 17. And then the most recent meeting, I was in Hopewell, Alabama for a wedding. Thank God that I was. Tech loses 23 to 16 it at wake and wake basically knocked the wheels off of Virginia tech and they finished the season 
two and four the rest of the way. Um, so that's my notes on Wake. Pat, I'm assuming you're going to zag us here. Wake Forest has... I mean, it's Wake Forest. Like, you're not going to meet Wake Forest fans out at the bar and, and talk college football with them. It's not exciting. I don't like... I like that it's 80 minutes from my door. I don't like that I'm going gonna, gonna to show up to BB&T or Truist Field or whatever it's called now. And it's kind of going to sound like a library and it's going to be mostly tech fans, which is great. But, you know, um, I saw some guy tweeted today. He's like, we got the three, three of the fan bases that care, care least about, uh, about college football. That all said, Wake has a quarterback. Wake has Sam Hartman, who I believe is like a redshirt sophomore this year. Um, guy's going to graduate college at like 28 and they're going to have him for the, for at least two maybe three more seasons i'm not sure where he falls as far as the covid year alignment well who knows with nil i mean he might he might be somewhere else too but yeah i mean that's a good point they're they're definitely a program that's on the rise Mm -hmm. yeah um so at the same rate i think that the wake forest game is exciting as far as like we might be playing some good football teams uh, over the next four years with wake forest but yeah, doesn't really move the needle for me as far as getting excited for it. If that's so here, a part of this criteria. Here's where I kind of landed was and Bryce, you mentioned it. Everybody's first round pick would have been to play Carolina or Pitt, UVA and Miami. Fact of the matter is everybody wants to play those teams. And I think one of the issues that the ACC has is we have a good amount of teams that don't have a lot of fan bases that are extremely invested, which is extremely frustrating. Um, So I go ahead and I ask myself, why did this happen? At the end of the day, every team is trying to create intrigue and every team is trying to get their first round picks. I think we came out of this. Okay. At first, when I read it, I was like, I was like, what the hell this sucks. I'm okay with it. Uh, If you go ahead and you look at some of the other teams that, and their matchups, Florida State, they got Clemson, Miami, and Syracuse. Probably the toughest draw out of anybody in this conference. Um, Clemson, they got Florida State, Georgia Tech, NC State. Uh, That definitely wasn't their first three-round picks. Uh, The only team that I can genuinely say that I am jealous of is UVA. UVA got Virginia Tech, North Carolina, and Louisville. I like that. I like that draw. Do any of you have any other thoughts on the – on this format or a team that you're jealous of any other notes on that before we move on? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. When you look at who everyone's playing, there's not really one that like jumps off the page. Um, I, I actually had uh, the same thought as, as Andy bitter, where he said that you looked at the Louisville uh, matchups, Georgia tech, Miami, and Virginia. And you almost kind of think like, was that meant for us? And they just kind of mixed it up. Um, outside that, I mean, look at Duke. Duke got UNC, NC State, and Wake Forest. Uh, UNC plays Duke, NC State, Virginia. I, I think we would have been disappointed if we were playing Duke and Virginia every single year. Um, I, I think it's fine. I, I think it's been really hard to, to satisfy everyone here. Um, I think if you removed Wake Forest with Carolina, we'd probably be the happiest school possible. But then maybe UNC ends up playing NC State, Virginia, and Virginia Tech. I, I don't know if they'd want that. So um, 
I'm fine with this. I'm just more excited at the end of the day that we're going to see more football games against teams that we don't usually play. I read today that Miami has played at Clemson one time in the last 13 seasons. That's uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah it just, it's, it's, it's unbelievable to me. So the fact that, you know, Clemson is going to be coming to our house, we're going to be going to their house. Also like Florida state, Louisville. I mean, it really kind of opens up some exciting matchups and some road trips that, you know, we've all kind of mentioned, but we haven't had a chance to go because that one time we played there in the last 10 years, we, we had a wedding. So um, I think it's going to be great. I, I was still kind of hoping that they expanded it to play more than just eight conference games. I think they're kind of missing an opportunity there. I think we could still grow into that and we might be forced to as the dynamic of college football changes. But at the end of the day, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited and I'm not, I'm really no criticism here. Yeah. I'll say that it's really nice to have a breath of fresh air and get something different for once uh, because as easy as it was to win the coastal division, even though we couldn't do it uh, one time in the last five years, playing Duke every single year, playing Georgia Tech every single year, even having to go out uh, up to pit, just getting stale, getting old. And that Boston College game, like, thank goodness that game is gone. Now, with this new format, this new structure, we will play either Clemson or Florida State every single year for the next four years. You know, I'm looking at the 2023 uh, schedule. We get to go down to Tallahassee. I had more fun than I've ever had on that Tallahassee trip in 2018. We also get September to go to Rutgers. Third. September 3rd. Virginia Tech does not lose on September 3rd. Uh, we also get to go to Rutgers in 2023. Shameless plug. Come hang out with the Finn family in New Jersey. But it's exciting to play Florida State and Clemson because we have not been able to uh, to play them every year. I also noticed that it seemed like there was an underlying motive to keep some of the Big East schools together. I saw Boston College is playing Miami, which is interesting. Um, Boston College plays Miami, Pitt, and Syracuse. Pitt is playing Boston College, Syracuse, and Virginia Tech. And then Syracuse is playing Boston College and Pittsburgh. So I thought it was interesting that some of those schools were were being uh, clumped together. But um, it, it, yeah, I think it's nice to have a breath of fresh air. It will be weird that we don't play Miami, Carolina, or Duke in 2023. You know, instead we're at Florida State, we're at Louisville, we're actually at Boston College, uh, and then we have NC State and Wake Forest and Syracuse at home. It's as if we're playing in the Atlantic Division in 2023. We're playing almost the entirety of the Atlantic Division. Um, so nice to have that breath of fresh air. Um, I think I think it's exciting. I think it's good for the ACC. At the same right, same rate, it's going to make things a little bit more challenging for Virginia Tech. So let's have some fun here. I took the liberty. Uh, I came across Mean Girls uh, on the television the other day, and I said, hey, I want to make a podcast and base it off of some Mean Girl quotes. So that's what we're going to do right now. So for the 2023 schedule, first quote, raise your hand if you have ever been personally victimized by Regina, James Phillips, George. So what are we bummed out? About the schedule, I'll go first. No James Carolina Paul. and no Miami, kind of a bummer. And then the two city games. Look, Louisville, no interest in going to Louisville. I'm sorry, I, I just, I'm just not. 
I love Boston. Pat, I agree with you. I don't want to go there to watch football, uh, to watch Virginia Tech football. So um, those those are my bummers. Uh, any other bummers from this schedule? Yeah, 2023 home schedule. Old Dominion, Purdue, Pittsburgh, Wake Forest, Syracuse, NC State. Oh, man. We better at least go 5-1 and one in 2023. <laughs> I mean, that is just miserable. Um, so I feel personally victimized by Jim Phillips. <laughs> you said James. <laughs> I mean, right. James. Jim is a nickname for James, but, you know, yeah. no one really calls him James. It was his Wikipedia name. Bryce, any other bummers? You know, if I had to pick one, obviously you got to be a little bummed that we don't get to play UNC every year. I mean, that there's not a team that I enjoy beating more probably than North Carolina right now. Obviously, Virginia is the easy answer there, and that's still probably true. But, man, it's fun to beat those guys. Um, yeah, looking at the schedule next year at home, it's, it's not the prettiest thing, but um, it gets better. So I, again, I, I'm probably in the camp of I'm I'm pretty happy. I'm I got not really that upset. So then, for the next uh, quote, we have that is so fetch. What are your favorites from the future of this schedule? <laughs> um, I don't know if this is a favorite or if it's a nitpick, but it kind of goes along with what you said before, Pat. Where every single year when the schedule comes out, my dad calls me a week before the season starts, and he says, "I looked at your schedule." How do you guys not win 10 games every year? So we have not, my only comparison that I can come up with right now is we have gone from our schedule being a joke to our schedule being a whole ass three-part Netflix comedy uh, series. Like that, that is what it has become. 2023 Virginia Tech plays NC State, Pittsburgh, Syracuse, Wake Forest, Boston College, Florida State, Louisville, Virginia. Not a single one of those teams, except for Florida State, who has been horrible for the last half decade, is a team where you're looking at a schedule you're like, oh man, we gotta we gotta play those guys. So, uh, you know, that's I guess fetch and also super soft. Um, so I would love to find a way to dominate that schedule. It it has been that way for as long as I've been following, and we haven't done it yet. So now would be a great time to start. Um, the other thing that's fetch: Florida State on the road, Pat. That must have been awesome. I'm excited to go to Florida State. I've never been to Florida State. That was the year after that I graduated. So uh, super excited about that. Yeah, I, I think for me, you know, there's been a lot of criticism that our schedule is not that exciting ever, right? Especially in the foreseeable future. And Virginia Tech, I feel like, got bailed out a little bit with a little schedule revamp. I mean, how fun is it going to be in 2024 when we spend Labor Day weekend in Nashville? playing against Vanderbilt. And obviously that's not, you know, that's not that related here, but hang with me. And we get to enjoy Clemson and Louisville coming to town. Not to mention we play Wake Forest, Duke and North Carolina all on the road. Again, I live in Charlotte, so I'm a little biased here, but I love the fact that I have three football games within two hours of my house. Don't even have to leave the state. Some Exciting matchups that we haven't seen in a while. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, Bryce and Pat, if you guys stop getting and getting invited to so many weddings, you guys will be able to see a lot of a lot of football in the fall. Stop scheduling weddings in the fall. Got to plug that too. Pat, what is so fetch about this upcoming schedule? <laughs> um, you guys pretty much covered it here, but uh, Clemson in twenty twenty four should be an exciting home matchup for Tech 
you know, we haven't had Clemson play at Virginia Tech since 2017, if you exclude the COVID year. Now, I'm really looking forward to 2026, where we get to go to Death Valley, because we haven't played at Death Valley since 2012. So uh, that'll be even more fetch. But uh, 2026 (laughs) is pretty far away. So we're going to move on to the burn book. Who is in Virginia Tech's burn book? I had so much fun putting this together today. Uh, Here's my burn book. Right now, North Carolina, you have gotten all these awesome recruits. You have all of this money being poured into football. Everybody is waiting for you to be good. And you just got handed three cupcakes on your three every year schedule. With I think, hang on, hang on. I think you're not giving NC State nearly enough credit, Billy Ray. People talk about North Carolina like, I mean, sure, North, North NC State is a fine ACC school. They're fine. But people talk about North Carolina and the recruits that they're getting as if they're going to compete on a national stage. I don't believe that's going to happen. But I do think that those three picks, NC State, UVA, and Duke, are extremely fortuitous for a team that is talked about as one of those guys that are going to catapult themselves into national relevancy. Bryce, you're giving me a face. You're giving me a phrase, Bryce. What do you got? I, I, I'm, I'm not aware if, if you've been paying attention to the last five UNC UVA games. I think UVA has won four of the last five. They have. They have like, indeed. I, look, I get that we're all very – we drank the Kool-Aid. We have the Virginia Tech disease. Virginia is not a 2-10 and ten football team. I, I just don't believe that UNC is going to walk in there and beat them. I don't know if they're going to beat them this year. I'm trying to hype them up. I'm just saying, I think you're giving UNC too much credit here. And I think they're going to struggle more against those teams than you think. Now, they'll probably pummel Duke, but Duke Duke's going to be the basement dweller probably for a while. What I'm saying... They're going to be good I'm, football games. What I'm saying is frustrating, though, is Carolina from a rotating three. If I'm a, let, Let's put on our Carolina cap for a second. You're not looking at any of those three games. Maybe you are for UVA just because of the history of, of how that's gone the last few years, but you don't have like a solid fo- – for, for Tech, it's Pitt. Pitt's coming to town. we got to play Pitt every year. I don't know who the, you know, grab your – whatever they have over at North Carolina. They don't have a lunch pail. They don't really – grab your uh, bow tie or grab whatever. Grab your Argyle. Grab, yeah, grab your, grab your Argyle. I don't, I don't know who that is. So, you know, I think they got a, a little bit of a – a good pick. And we can agree to disagree there. I think other positives, watchers of football. I think this is good. Like you said, Pat, for the ACC wanters of a competitive ACC title. This is no longer the Clemson invitational. Uh, You're going to have an opportunity for two teams from the used to be Atlantic be represented. You're going to get the two best teams in the ACC playing the ACC championship, which is the way that it should be period. Um, So I'm excited about that. I think it also opens the possibility of a cool matchup that we haven't seen yet. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously we would all love to potentially see a Virginia tech uh, UVA ACC championship where Virginia tech takes down little brother, but uh, you know, there's good, there's some, there's some possibility of some big games we haven't seen yet. I mean, NC state seems to not be able to get by Clemson. Maybe they'll have a chance to, to jump into that game and, and beat them the second time around. You, you don't know. So I, I think that's uh, really exciting here as well. Yeah. I think it'll be cool too. Since everyone's really getting a fair shot here um, with this new format, 
that you're probably not going to have one team clinch the division halfway through the season like we've seen, similar to the Clemson Invitational reference. You know, you could have four teams battling it out and Thanksgiving week, you know, everyone's eyes are glued to the television because it really, really matters rather than, you know, sometimes Clemson clinches the division on November 7th and no one in the Atlantic is interested in watching Atlantic uh, football anymore. So we have a question from Andrew Webb, a great question. I don't know if any of us are really going to like this answer. Um, he says, question for when you all break down the new schedule. Tech has struggled to win a bad coastal division. That's a fact. Now that divisions are gone and it's strictly top two in the ACC championship game, how does that affect the timeline of Virginia Tech's rebuild slash getting back to the top of the ACC? My initial thoughts are it sure makes it a whole lot harder if you go ahead and you basically just stack rank what teams are going to be set up for annual success. Regardless of where Florida State is, they're going to, I assume, become competent at some point. Louisville dumps money into their athletic department. Clemson is still Clemson. Uh, and you are basically adding those three to the fold that you're going to have to compete with from the Atlantic division for that top two spot. And then you also are going to have Miami. You're also going to have Carolina. You're also going to have Pitt. So it's truly who are the two best teams in the uh, conference instead of, okay, who is going to be the most competent team to find a way to win a very weak coastal. So I like it from an ACC standpoint. I think it makes Virginia Tech's journey to get to the ACC championship more difficult. And I think it's going to add a lot more value to the ACC championship game too. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, the coastal division over the last decade has been who sucks the least <laughs> versus Clemson. And oh, now, well said. you know, and now it's going to be, well, now we got to overcome these Pittsburgh wake forest NC state hurdles that have had a flash of brilliance over the last year. I think all three of them won 10 plus games last year. You see Clemson, Florida State, Miami, perennial powers. You know, will will uh, Florida State and Miami kind of right the ship there? And then, and then there's us and and Carolina and even Virginia who can potentially put some things together. But yeah, I mean, I think it goes without saying that it's made this journey to another ACC championship more challenging and longer, and will be a lot tougher for Coach Pry. Um, I know one of the one of the uh, folks on Twitter, all things tech, wrote in Fuente lost plenty of close games, especially at the end. That definitely happened in 2021. It happened in 2020. I mean, you know, the Syracuse game, the Notre Dame game, the West Virginia game. Obviously, only one of those games was a conference game. But, um, it, you know, if you could take care of some of those mishaps and errors and get off on the right foot under Coach Pry, you know, I guess we'll see. And I think we'll have a, a lot better of an answer to that question a year from now after we have a year under our belt and another recruiting cycle, um, you know, in the mix. I think it's a fair question. And I think it's also fair to say that coach prize journey back to the ACC championship is going to be hard regardless if there was a restructuring of the schedule, you know, next year is going to be kind of his, you know, it's his first year, right. It's going to be a lot like, we're kind of hoping for a year like Shane Beamer had at USC where we're excited. We're in games, 
maybe we win a game or two. We're not supposed to, we go down to a bowl game and maybe we win. I mean, that's exactly what he did. He got everybody all excited. But if you look ahead to 2023, I see no Clemson, no North Carolina, no Miami. I mean, how, how can that be any harder than what we've currently had year in and year out? And, you know, if we were able to put a solid season together and maybe sneak in as the number two seed there, I mean, how much is that going to help us going forward to be able to recruit being, you know, a team that made it to the ACC championship last year? And who knows? Maybe we will get lucky and, and avoid the top team. Maybe it'll be a crazy year. Maybe, maybe the Atlantic anarchy and coastal chaos will be the whole ACC um, in itself. So I, I think the question is not if it's going to be hard. The question is if it's going to be harder. And I think looking at the schedule the next few years, especially avoiding the big names, I think it's going to be easier. Now, don't, don't you know, twist my words there is going to be very hard still. But I think this is a good break for Virginia Tech. This is probably going to be the most fun segment. It's actually definitely going to be the most fun segment. Uh, This is, she doesn't even go here. Um, The idea of this was to come in with a one-liner or complaint for each ACC team. Bryce Chalkley, he's a guy, I think everybody on this podcast is a guy that dances to their own kind of music. Um, so Bryce came in and he straight up said, look, I'm not doing that. I'm going to come up with somebody that we all know from high school and draw a comparison to ACC teams. So what we'll do is Bryce with each team, I will name the team. You're going to name that person from high school. And then we'll, uh, go ahead and give our, uh, our commentary on it. We're going to kick that off with Pittsburgh. Um, just to kind of precursor this inspired me here. He mentioned Mean Girls, Regina George. He, he, he told me to come with some notes about each school, and I didn't until about five minutes to where we started. So, But I'm kind of happy how this came together. So uh, our idea, as Billy said, was to kind of say a school, then kind of, you know, what, what stereotype are they, are they at your typical high school? So where are we starting here? Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. So I wrote Pittsburgh as the kid that has the part-time job before school. <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way. <laughs> how, did you, uh, how did you come up with that? Just to grab your lunch pail, nose the grindstone type of guy? You know, as, as much as we kind of ha- make fun of Pitt and Narduzzi and all that stuff, they're, they're definitely the school as of late that's kind of been the blue collar, you know, overalls, tough as nails, like, doesn't complain. It's just kind of the kid that goes to school, drives a truck from 1996, doesn't say much, and just goes about his business. I I, I say this in kind of an admirable way. There's, 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 it's it's not a mean connotation at all. Pat yeah. Finn, your take on Pitt. You know, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, all I have written down here is – they play in an empty NFL stadium. You know, we really, we really, we commend them for making it there. We're fired up about that. They're gritty. They grind it out. And, you know, they got a good family business running. People are showing up, but not a lot of people are showing up where they can take vacations. You know, this family business, they're not struggling to make ends meet, but at the same rate, um, you know, they're known around town and people around town really like them. Until some of their top talent is just taken away. 
I'm talking about USC and Jordan Addison. They say, hey, this guy, Jordan, he's working at this family business. He looks like he could uh, he could do a lot for uh, for the community out here. And they just take him out of there. Uh, that's what I had written down for Pittsburgh. Uh, similar, similar here uh, for Pittsburgh. I have y'all play hard. Y'all are a tough team, but you can never compete. You're never a threat to compete on the national level. But you're that team that I'm going to see on the schedule and be like, oh, man, we got – we got so-and-so on the schedule. And you look across the country and you look at some of these other conferences, who has that hat? Uh, I look at the Big Ten and it's Iowa. Nobody wants to play Iowa. It's cold. They run the ball. They smash people in the face. And then you look at the Pac-12 and it's Washington. Is Washington ever going to win a national championship? Probably not. They competed for one. They made the playoff. Um, but they're a team that you just really don't want to play. Um, so those were my those were my comparisons. Moving on, UVA. Yeah, so th- this one's kind of to appease the fan base a little bit. Before I say it, I-, I have family and friends that both went to Virginia. And remember, these are stereotypes. I am not singling anybody out. I have UVA listed as the trust fund kid. I, I really don't think any further explanation needs to be made there. I think everyone knows what I'm thinking. I'm going to get some quick laughs and be like, man, that Bryce guy nailed UVA. So I'm going to leave it with that. Yeah, I have written down, uh, I love your town. I really, I don't hate you, but you are indeed very, very soft. That's that's what I have for UVA. Pat. Hey, Billy, that's one of my problems with you, man. You don't hate UVA. Like, you hate <laughs> Carolina, and, and you don't like some other schools, but you really just don't have any hatred in your heart for UVA. Listen, yeah. man, you love grit. You love talking about grit. I've never met a fan base or a university possessed less grit than UVA. What are we doing, Billy Ray? How do you how do you not have you need to pull that hate out of your heart? Um, I so. and wear it on your sleeve for for UVA, but um yeah, you know. Pittsburgh is grit. They're they're showing up and they're working before work or school, they're working after school. UVA, you know, might skip first or second period cuz they just think there's no consequences. Mm-hmm. Y'all need a grit swear jar on this podcast. When it's said, <laughs> just put just put the coins in the jar. I mean, I, I am pay for I'm, season tickets if we did that. I am very yes, you probably could. I, I'm ready for that word to leave our vocabulary. <laughs> uh what about Wake Forest? Who's Wake Forest? I, I have them as the freshman studs. Well, Pat had them as the stud standout. I just have them as the freshman. Um, he's, he came in, he's doing some good stuff. We're, 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 we, we're not upset with them, but you know, he's, he's a, he's 14. He's a freshman in high school. You know, he, he's still got to prove himself, but, uh, you know, he's starting varsity. Um, he's doing his thing. We're proud of him. We're proud parents, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's not the captain yet. I think it's pretty simple. Pat Finn. For Wake Forest. You know, I, I kind of got that inspiration from Sam uh, Sam Hartman. If you guys watched that uh, that Netflix series QB One, Sam Hartman came in. You know, he was like a junior in college. He commits to Wake Forest. I feel like he's been around literally forever, um, and he's had a good career so far. But he kind of is the epitome of Wake Forest, where you have this you have this freshman stud standout, and then you know you got some talent around him as well. But you know. They're, they're still trying to make a name for themselves and they still haven't really done that much yet. Other things I have written down for Wake Forest. Have you ever met a Wake Forest fan? That's a legitimate question. Whether you grew up with them, whether you've met them in the real world. Um, 
the only place you can meet them around Charlotte is at Selwyn Pub. They're everywhere there, but I don't think I've ever seen a Wake Forest fan anywhere else. Um, all 17 of them. All 17 of them show up on game day at Selwyn Pub and, and drink transfusions and eat the pizza, which is fantastic. And then I wrote down, increase your enrollment. I think the undergrad at Wake Forest is less than $6,000, which leads to not having a full stadium, not having a full Selwyn Pub on game day. So uh, 5,472, Pat. Yeah. I think, let, I think it's the smallest Power 5 school. Exactly. It's it's hard to get excited about that. You know, you're you're not... You're not fired up by that. Syracuse. Syracuse was kind of funny because it, it kind of happened organically too. We went through all the schools and Syracuse was last and we were just plugging things in there. I have them as the last pick of recess, which was kind of fitting because they're the last school we went to. Um, no one really wants them. I, 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 think we, I think we signed up with them because one, we needed a school to go with Pittsburgh and we thought, hey, they got a decent basketball team. Well, we really didn't get that, um, so I, I I don't know what they're doing here. They're um, they're a team that we unfortunately lost to last year, but uh, we've lost to them a couple times actually, sadly. But uh, we've lost to I, a lot of teams. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's fair. I I I think they exist to me, right? At the, like some they had to they had to be on someone's team, and they're on ours. I think it's that simple. We've All lost right. to a lot of teams. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I thought this was a pro VT podcast oh, <laughs> for Syracuse. I have written down. Well, I know we talked about this earlier too. Um, kind of like they're there. No one really cares that they're around. They do have uh, buddy Bayheim playing for Jim Bayheim. They got the coach's son playing. It's like, you know, w- what's going on here. Right. Um, no one likes going up to the carrier dome. The weather's horrible. They didn't ride the wave of Dino Babers big moments. They beat us in 2016. They had the massive win against Clemson in 2017. Still went four and eight that year. Next year, 2018, they go 10 and three and they beat West Virginia in the Camping World Bowl. Have this monumental season for Syracuse. But since then, they have fallen all the way down. I mean, they went one and 10 in 2020. You know, how is Dino Babers still employed at Syracuse right now? Um, this is the real question. So they're kind of just there. No one really gets that fired up about them. And uh, <laughs> I think the last pick of recess is pretty Yeah, I, My question for Syracuse is simple. It's who, what is Syracuse outside of Jim Beheim, Carmelo Anthony, and Donovan McNabb? Uh, I know Jim Brown, I think, went to Syracuse. But recently speaking, I, I don't really know who they are. And I'm curious to know who they are when Jim Beheim, uh goes to pasture. Uh, not dies, but retires. I want to clarify that. Um, <laughs> let's let's go to NC State, <laughs> Bryce, NC State. For for you Friday beers fans out there, I have NC State as the fringe guy. The one that, you know, always shows up to the party, never seems to be invited, never there for long, no one talks to, uh, kind of forgettable at the end of the day. Um, NC State's the one school that kind of makes me feel better about ourselves because they have all the infrastructure in place, the fan base, the money to be successful. And yet the limited amount of success that they've had across the major sports is baffling. I think it's been 30 years since they've won or shared an ACC championship in basketball, football, or baseball. That's, that's tough. 
Um, so I have them as the, I have them as the fringe guy. Pat, I want to, I want to read this because I'm interested to hear what your reaction to it will be. And I I don't think a lot of people are going to like this, but I do think it's true. NC state, NC state has Jimmy Valvano. Virginia tech has Frank Beamer. NC state has great passionate fans. Virginia tech has Hokie nation. Not a whole lot to cheer about recently either for NC state. How different is NC State from Virginia Tech? I mean, I think Bryce just said it. And unfortunately, we – I mean, all right, are we having a debate here or what? Yeah, I mean, I, I, think, <laughs> I think it's very – I think it's very, very comparable. Look, Virginia Tech won an uh, ACC championship for basketball. I just think we're in a very, very – I think we're way similar than we are dissimilar with NC State. I, no. I Billy just said, agree. I'm going to say something very, very, very controversial. And the two of us just said, yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, in yeah, his mind, like, it was, it was going to start a war. Like we called them the fringe guy when we we're really like calling ourselves the fringe guy, but you guys are going to love what Bryce well, said. Let's not, let's not skip ahead there. <laughs> um, but NC state and Virginia tech are very similar in those regards. Um, here's what I have written down. NC State has gotten screwed lately. And whether it's like the bad luck stroke, we've been we've been on on the bad side of bad luck too, right? Like NC State, I think of two examples. One, uh, actually at least two, maybe three COVID examples. One of them was the College World Series last year, where they essentially were like suspended from play because someone got COVID and they had to forfeit, something along those lines. The same thing happened uh, later on in 2021, the Holiday Bowl. NC State is supposed to play, was it UCLA in the Holiday Bowl in San Diego? Yes. And UCLA flakes out of the bowl game because of something COVID-related. Dave Dorn was absolutely irate about it. And I think that NC State recognizes uh, that forfeit or whatever, however it went down as a victory of the Holiday Bowl for NC State. But those are just two situations where they had an opportunity to do something on a after a solid season on a on a high level, and they weren't able to get uh, any spotlight there. But if we just talk about why they are the fringe guy, NC State has had, and I'm going to use this word and emphasize this word, elite quarterback play, elite quarterback play and absolutely nothing to show for it as far as just talking about folks who have gone through the quarterback room at nc state philip rivers russell wilson super bowl champion mike glennon jacoby Brissett, brian finley and now devin leary these are all quarterbacks that i would want on my football team they have zero acc championships since 1979. Um, I think that speaks for itself, but they have everything that they need to get there and they just haven't done it. So say what you want about us, but we're talking about NC state for now. And I think, I think that's the analysis. I think four of those quarterbacks you mentioned all started on the same day in the NFL, by the way. So when you say elite quarterback play, we are arguing maybe the best like consistent quarterback play at a, at a 
um, tier two school or tier whatever you want to call it. I don't know of like, another school that's had that many quarterbacks start in the NFL off the top of my head. It's NC State. QBU. <laughs> it's sound, you're you got me buying it. <laughs> like imagine where everything, everything in college football. If you do not have a quarterback, you cannot build anything. And here is NC State that has had a stable of quarterbacks over the past few decades and has done absolutely nothing. Have they even won the Atlantic Division? I don't think they have. So fringe guy because they're not getting invited to the party aka the C championship we started with them being the fringe guy to being qbu i think that's code for let's move on <laughs> moving on carolina this this one's this one's easy for me i have them listed as the the instagram girl uh <laughs> only kind of interested in the highlights you know interested in the likes the swag, the Jordan brand, but it, it's hollow. Like, let's just call it what it is. It's, it's a charade. It's, it's all for attention. They, they don't do it for me. That's <laughs> been anything to add. I, I, I mean, just hate them. I have nothing to add. That is, uh, I, I said there's there's not a fan base with less grit than uh, than UVA. If there's anyone who wants to join them up on the podium, it is University of North Carolina. I think we talk ad nauseum of our disdain for the the Tar Heels, and I think we'll just leave it at that and move on to the next guy, Miami. <laughs> um, so when we thank Miami, we thank the U is always back. So I have Miami as the Typical high school jock, but I couldn't just leave it there. To me, he's the guy, he's a starting quarterback. He's telling all his teachers and his coaches and his and his girlfriends that they're gonna go to states this year and this is their year. It's his time. He's gonna go play D1, all this stuff. And by I don't know, October 15th, his butt's on the bench. His year's over. We forgot about him. Moving on. <laughs> the U is not back. Pat, anything to add? Great analysis. The stadium is full. The stadium is full to watch him play a week one, two, three, and four. And then all of a sudden, that stadium gets real empty and real quiet. Even though this jock, he's got some of the nicest jewelry anyone's ever seen. I'm talking about the the, uh, the turnover chain. But uh, no, no one wants to hang out with the jock because he falls flat and uh, and loses in September after everyone told him how good he was going to be Louisville or low, low, low. I, I can't pronounce it either. Um, I have Louisville as the new kid in school, the transfer, if you will, we, we don't really have any beef with them yet. And I think part of it is we have no reason to, I think we went to their house last year and we beat them. So that's cool. We're just still kind of figuring them out. I, I'm sure at some point there'll, there'll be some hatred, which I will welcome. But right now, they're just the guy that's kind of, you know, floating around. He's there. He's the new guy. A little bit of a mystery. Not really sure if this guy fits in. Uh, He's trying to make a name for himself, but really just interesting. We'll see if he graduates, you know. I would really appreciate if we could beat them in basketball. That's the one thing that we do know about Louisville is uh, I don't think we've beaten Louisville in basketball for 
since 1991, 1990. So that's the one, that's, that's the one thing that we do know. Uh, Georgia tech. <laughs> I, I'm going to give credit to Pat Finn on this one. This Wait, made me beat, laugh. Did we beat them this year? We beat them. Yeah, 75, we, 75 to we did. That was the first time. That was the first, yeah. that was the first time since 1990 then. So good, good. I, I saw you cry. When I said that you immediately started typing. I knew you were back checking me there. <laughs> first time since we, we, 1990s. We also beat Florida state in basketball for the first time in a long time. Um, so uh, yeah, come prepared. Um, I, uh, <laughs> man, that's how you don't get invited back. There won't be a fourth time. Um, I guess one credit to, to Pat. I really laughed at this one. Um, we, I have Georgia tech. He, he's the guy that doesn't go to school with any of the, uh, the other kids we mentioned. He actually goes to the all boys school nearby, but he just kind of hangs out because these are the friends that he's known his whole life, but you know, he, he doesn't really fit in. <laughs> yeah, yeah no one no one really knows what he's up to i i just said georgia tech has a 70 percent uh male 30 percent female rate um i mean i know that they've put a lot into like commit to the a and branding atlanta but hey maybe recruiting would be better if they had more female students you know um if i'm from the atlantic atlanta area i'm a four-star recruit i'm probably going to want to go to georgia where are the chicks? But you know, I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, too many apricots, not enough peaches at uh, at Georgia Tech. Um, <laughs> I would just, the only thing I've written down: uh, an apricot is a dried apple, right? Or is it an orange? I, uh, an apricot, I'm pretty confident, is a separate fruit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought an apricot was a dried up. You're, you're going to be telling me that a a a a, a lime is a <laughs> green green lemon. I got it. Yeah, I got it. I got to come prepared on the fruits and the football. Um, yeah, they. the only thing I've written down for Georgia Tech, I think it's a sleeping giant with nil, and and that sleeping giant is in a deep, deep, deep slumber. Um, so that is uh, that is Georgia Tech, Florida State. This is this is one of my favorites. Um, I have Florida State as the guy who just never moved on, um, and everyone knows this kid. He hangs around school even though he graduated, or maybe he didn't. Right? Maybe he's on his sixth or seventh year, but no one no one's really aware of it. No one knows. He's he's just around. He's he's telling all the girls how great he was. He's drinking beers with teachers because he's twenty two. He's at football practice telling everybody how you know, his team won the state championship and he started every game, but you know, no one remembers it that way. They're, you know, you kind of mentioned this, they're, they're kind of in a bad road right now. Like I don't think of FSU is a very intimidating school right now, which is crazy how fast they fell. Cause I think they won a national championship, what, five or six years ago. It's, it's, it's nuts. So I have them as the guy who just never, who never left school, never moved on. The guy who never moved on, the guy who didn't really have a plan or didn't know what he was doing. I have Florida State, they're just so confused, and they have not known how to win ever since Jimbo and Jameis Winston left campus. Um, you know, they literally lost to Jacksonville State last year after that big time Labor Day Notre Dame thriller, and it was all downhill from there. Um, you know, you go back a couple of years when they had DeAndre Francois. And they played Samford, and you're like, wait, did Samford? 
beat them? Like, did they lose to Sanford? Did they beat Sanford? It's kind of similar to this guy. Like, hey, how old is that guy? You kind of have like unanswerable questions. You don't really know. He has a kid. Yeah, there's just a lot of confusion around Florida State right now. Um, there's no identity, and uh, we need we need to help this guy. Great uniforms, great traditions. Really disappointing last decade. I mean, to me, they're Tennessee, but but before Tennessee last year. Um, so that's Florida State. Uh, Duke. <laughs> um, so Duke, this this is kind of an interesting one because you kind of have to make fun of their students and kind of also make fun of their fans. I have them as the foreign exchange student. And I, I, and, and I specifically, when I thought of this, I thought of the guy who's from like London and comes over and his two favorite teams are the New York Yankees and the LA Lakers. To me, that's why I think of Duke fans. They have no association with the school, but it's their favorite school ever because they liked him when JJ Redick was on the team and they've loved him forever since that just bothers me. I have friends have gone to plenty of schools and they're still the favorite school on this planet is duke basketball it bothers me so much i'm not gonna single anybody out some people probably think of a name but i'm not gonna say it it just it kills me i have them as the foreign exchange student yeah um foreign exchange student but here's the thing you know they're good at some some niche niche things you know like duke is the kid who's on the forensics team and has won like five straight state titles. And, you know, you can kind of make the parallel to basketball there. Um, I guess you can't win five straight state titles in high school when you're only there for four years, but um, uh, that's what I had written down as well. Clemson. It's, it's tough not to say anything mean about them. I know they had a down year last year. A lot of that can be attributed to DJ kind of, you know, taking the reins for the first time and I, I think we'd be overly critical to say oh why did they not go 13 and one um i have clemson as the popular hot girl i think that kind of covers it well for them i foresee them being good again this year and um you know there's there's nothing nothing bad to say i mean are they not the kid the uh the kid that hit puberty early and you're just like hoping that the 11th grade team is going to call them up it's just like, yo, this kid's hitting 750. Uh, he's faster than everybody. He has armpit hair and we're in fourth grade. Like, can can this guy get called up, please? <laughs> like, that's, uh, that's I, I said the popular hot girl and you started talking about the freshman baseball player with facial hair. I'm, I'm, I, this segment is, is, is out there. Clemson, Clemson is Troy Bolton from High School Musical. Not only can he play basketball, <laughs> He can also sing. What can't he do? Here, here's what he can't do, okay? Clemson is the popular heart, hot girl with the weird, crazy dad, a.k.a. Dabo Swinney. Everyone's like, you know, loved, would love to hang out with Regina George, but then you're like, oh, wait, Dabo. And then you're just like, your whole opinion kind of gets sour. That's Clemson. Boston College. Um. Yeah, Pat and I tagged this one too, tag team this one too. We have them as the hockey kid that lives in like Tampa, Florida, where it doesn't really make sense, but he has hockey practice every single day. And you're wondering how in the world are there, uh, you know, 15 other kids that play hockey with him in Tampa, Florida. Um, they're kind of outliers. They're, they're, they're kind of doing their own thing in the Northeast. I have them as the hockey kid. Pat? 
nailed it. They have their own community. It's not like they're Louisville because Louisville is still trying to fit in. Boston College has their own community and they have a great community, but we're just not sure. We're just not sure about it. You know, their fans are not football fans. They got Doug Flutie. They got Matt Ryan. I think that's all anyone really knows about Boston College. Um, other than, you know, Mark Herzlick and, and Jamie Silva from those teams in the early 2000s. But their fans kind of stink. Their tailgating is definitely the worst in the Power Five. Their stadium is not great. Their weather is bad. And they play in a town that no one really cares about them because, you you know, half the time you had Tom Brady winning the championship you know, you had the bees win and you had the Sox win and you had the Celtics winning. So um, that stick to hockey, keep winning those hockey championships. And uh, that's about it. Look, Boston's a city of winners. It's a great city, great alumni network, but it's an old and diminished fan base. It's what it is. It's what it is. Uh, and we'll wrap this up with Virginia Tech. Bryce, who is Virginia yeah, Tech? This one actually was the easiest one for me. I have uh, Virginia Tech as, as the friend zone guy, which is tough to say, but I think it's kind of self-explanatory. It's the guy that, you know, likes the pretty girl, you know, took notes for, um, you know, helped her get dressed to go see her boyfriend. There was just, we're just on the outside looking in. And they it's, kissed it's once in fifth grade at homecoming after she got dumped one time. Yeah, she had she had a you know a, a down moment, a little weakness. Yeah. Um, but she she mentions you to you all the time that it was a mistake. Yeah. Um, yeah Virginia calling, Tech is are you calling friend our, zone guy? Are you calling our basketball ACC championship a mistake? <laughs> <laughs> no, the best moment no. of our lives a mistake. Yeah, <laughs> the best moment you. in the last fifteen years. <laughs> The pop, the, the girl that we swoon after is telling us that it was a mistake, which to be fair, some people probably said it was lucky. I haven't heard those things because I've lived in my own bubble for the ACC championship that we won. I am not calling it a mistake. I'm saying the girl that we are trying to, um, sed- I don't want to say the word seduce because we're in high school here, but <laughs> the girl we were trying to date <laughs> is saying it's a mistake. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, gets fired up for small things. Just absolutely desperate for for something big. We're I mean, better than the fringe guy. We're better than the fringe guy. I, I had this, I had this one tweet, and uh, you know, everybody gives me crap for the for the teams that I like to tie my wagon to. I do follow a couple of Ole Miss accounts. My father did play there, and I I came across this tweet from Everything Rebs. Finally, made it back to Mississippi. One of the greatest weekends of my life, getting to watch your alma mater win a national championship is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. God bless the Ole Miss Rebels. What I would do to have my fingers type out a tweet like that and feel what everything Rebs felt this weekend, I would do anything for it. Um, so, yeah, that's that's – I think you nailed it, Bryce. You know, Bryce nailed it with the uh... – I'd rather be the friend zone guy than the fringe guy. But man, gotta gotta hope that our Hokies are the butterfly that comes out of this cocoon, you know? We're hoping we're the caterpillar that becomes the butterfly. Uh, there's a long way to go here. Yeah. 
But uh, the comeback be, player of the year trophy, though, it's on the docket. It's going to be a tough four years for this guy. We'll tell you that much. <laughs> Maybe so, he'll peak in college. So the next one, uh, Pat, I'm going to let you run here um, because this was a segment you were really uh, passionate about. And what brought it about was we were talking about uh, Louisville and you felt that Louisville didn't belong. Uh, you felt like it wasn't an ACC team. So I, I wanted to kind of go back and forth on what exactly, what is the ACC? When you think of the ACC, what is it? Yeah, so, you know, this will kind of segue in a, into a conversation of if you could add three teams and drop three teams from the ACC, who would it be? Uh, but when I think about the ACC and kind of think about the cultural makeup and structure of the ACC, I like to think of the ACC before it added Boston College, before it added Pittsburgh, Syracuse, Louisville, kind of like that original ACC mold, you know, kick out Maryland. I I didn't really think much of them, but you know, when Virginia Tech and Miami were out of the ACC, I thought that was really good. I think that was 2004 and that was a massive, massive splash. You take Tech, you take Miami, from the Big East, two powerhouses over the past 10 plus years. And it's going to be really, really good for this conference. And this is back when the ACC was really just a basketball conference. So Tech and Miami joining the conference was going to be great for football. You were going to get Florida State and Miami every single year in the ACC championship game. But as you know, it, it kind of goes beyond that as far as like culture. What does ACC culture mean to you i think tobacco road plays a big part in the c culture as far as like from the basketball side of it a lot of folks will say they see is still a basketball conference first um you know having duke having carolina having nc state and all that history you know wake forest i think it doesn't really fit the culture they see we talked about it earlier tiny school tiny fan base you know you get a you get wake forest and ACC big 10 challenge you're not really getting fired up about that right um, like I like, I guess it's pretty much just me saying like, I like the heavyweights in the ACC because the rest of the country enjoys being placed in competition with those schools, with the Florida state, with the Clemson, with Virginia tech, with Carolina, um, you know, schools like that, that have history, that have culture, that have a fan base, you know, like you have. I feel like we have these fan bases in the ACC that kind of just are dead weight. Boston College. When have you ever met a Boston College fan out at a bar, out watching football, and had a good conversation about college football? It doesn't happen. The same, honestly, is for UVA. The same is for Wake Forest. Same is definitely for Duke. Not going to exclude Duke here because, you know, they're so important for basketball and, and what that structure is. But, like, you know, Georgia Tech really brings nothing to the table um, at this point uh, to the ACC as far as just like from a who's excited to go to Georgia Tech for an away game, you know? Um, that's kind of what I think. Like, And then Louisville, we were talking about this earlier, they're still kind of an outlier, an outsider. Culture in the ACC is tradition, it's fan bases, it's fun. And I just feel like that there's dead weight like with Boston College, with UVA, with Pittsburgh, um, with Georgia Tech, with Wake Forest, that are just like, no one's fired up about these schools existing. Um, and maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just, you know, kind of being a pretentious tech fan because we have the best fan base in the conference. But, um, 
yeah. Do you guys have any thoughts? Any, any, a uh, things, a couple things to add to that. One, I don't think this is debatable. The ACC is a basketball conference until further notice. Like if you're disagreeing with that, I, I, I think you're way off base. Um, I think, and I alluded to this earlier, my biggest frustration point is the amount of programs in this conference that don't give a damn. Uh, I mean, how frustrating was it to watch Pittsburgh this year have a historic year, one of the best years in their program's history, and <clears throat> you really didn't see that stadium getting full. And by full, I mean like 65 70% full until the last two weeks of the season. Uh, Miami, a team that has won multiple national championships. Now, granted, they're 40 minutes away from campus. They have a very small undergrad program. Um, that's my thing, is if you look at the SEC, is Arkansas going to compete for a national championship? Probably not. Their stadium's full every single week. Um, they have that culture that we desperately want to have related to football for football. Now, does the SEC have the basketball culture that we have? No. I think this is just my opinion. It's three people on a podcast who love and value football. And they, a lot of the primo blue chip, and I put quotes around that because blue chip, I mean, they have a really good fan base or they have a really good basketball program. We don't really have that uh, with, football, with, uh, with football. And then aside from that, those deadweight programs, I think of those as programs that are not really competing on the national level in football or basketball. And their fans don't give a damn at all. Those are Wake Forest. That's Georgia Tech. That's um, you know, you know, they they're littered throughout the conference. So that's my opinion. I'm just dying to want because there are so many cool locations in the ACC. I want to go there and see there and be hostile in a hostile environment. Pat, remember when we went to Georgia and we were looking around and we were we were rooting for Notre Dame and how awesome it was. In the ACC, 50% of the road games that we go to, it's it's super cool to see the school spirit for Virginia Tech, but it would be cool to go to Louisville and be like one of 10,000 people and see all the traditions that they have. It just doesn't exist for a lot of these ACC schools. Yeah, I I mean, I love the ACC. I'm an ACC guy. I, I definitely think the ACC is kind of, you know, stuck in limbo a little bit. I, I know that's not the point of this podcast, but when I think of the ACC, I think of UNC, NC State. I do think of Virginia, Virginia Tech, uh, Clemson, you know, schools that, you know, they they care about both the student and the athlete part. They also have great fan bases. They have great culture. They they know how to win. And then you have some other schools that I, I don't think of immediately when I think of those schools. Like, I think those schools that I mentioned could fit in the Big Ten or the SEC. I I'm not sure Wake or Syracuse or Boston College could could do that. Not not trying to, you know, jump ahead to our next segment here, but I think it's kind of a conference that's kind of split between some schools that could really make the next jump and then schools that are kind of content where they are, which personally is why I don't mind Louisville. I think we're trying with them. Um, you know, besides the fact that they extend the geography of the ACC, they're a school that does care a lot about sports does bring a lot of money to the table. Do they fit the typical mold of a tobacco road ACC school? No, but, but that's what maybe the ACC should be looking at if they were to, you know, bring in new members or, or, or change their, their construct. So um, yeah, those are my thoughts. 
So this is our last segment of the day, um, and it is you can't sit with us and get in, loser. We're going shopping. So the idea here is to add three teams and to drop three teams. Uh, I'll go first here. Uh, I'll go in a plus minus format. Uh, so I would like to drop Wake Forest. You can go to the Big East. You can go independent. I don't think anybody really cares where you go. And I want to add App State. App State has been more competent as a football program than probably 65% of the teams in the ACC. Wake Forest has 5,472 students. App State has 18,295 students. If not, you ask, eight, not 18,296. <laughs> not, no, not 18,296. Um, they, if you ask me, are the best team in Carolina. That may be biased. Um, and let me just paint a picture for you. You get in your car, you're with your friends, you get out of the car, you're drinking a beer in Boone, North Carolina in October, surrounded by trees. You can stop at Asheville if you take a long weekend. Are you kidding me? Does that not sound like something you want to snap your fingers and do right away? You two Charlotte guys, come on. That would be fantastic. Who doesn't want to go to Boone? I would love to have App State as an addition to the ACC. Um, Boston College, look, you guys are smart. You're wicked smart. Why don't you go down to the Ivy League and you guys compete with the Browns and the Harvards? You guys can argue about, you know, who whose start date at Merrill Lynch comes faster, okay? And let's go ahead and let's add Notre Dame. Let's add the guys with red hair that are actually also athletic. I would like to add Notre Dame They have a great alumni network. They bring a fantastic repertoire across many sports. And you guys are kind of doing the half in, half out foot thing right now. Jump in. Come come hang out with us. Uh, Notre Dame is the big boy, Boston College. Uh, And then Pitt. I like playing Pitt. I would like to keep a cross-conference rivalry. Drop Pitt. Send them to the Big Ten. And give me South Carolina for obvious reasons. Or... And I want to shout out my guy who jumped in with this suggestion, Navy, Dylan Campbell. He said, the ACC needs viewers, and what's a bigger fan base than the Navy? They are in Annapolis, which is a great proximity to ACC teams, very similar to Maryland. Uh, And the Army-Navy game, having that be associated with the ACC, I think, I'm shocked I never thought of this before, adding Navy would be amazing. For the conference. So uh, do you guys have any thoughts on my on my ads or my subtractions here? You know, I didn't really think of App State. I, I actually think it makes a lot of sense. They are a great fan base. People, I mean, Boone, I have not been there, but I've seen pictures. It's, it's beautiful. Um, it's probably the closest campus that's kind of similar to ours, um, being in the mountains. Um, having the foliage. I don't think I pronounced that right. Um, but I think that's a great addition. Um, can't ignore the fact that you tried to trade Boston College to the Ivy League. I'm not sure Princeton and Harvard would would appreciate that. Um, I think the pit uh, subtraction is is a poor judgment on your part with, with Syracuse sitting right there, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the App State comment was the best. I think the Navy one's also interesting. Annapolis is a beautiful town. Um, it's not as crazy as people think it would be. Um, 
it, it would be really cool for Virginia Tech and other ACC schools to be able to play them and be a part of their traditions mm-hmm. uh, outside of football. Um, I, I, I didn't hate anything. Um, again, I, I think you might get a letter in the mail from from the Ivy League schools um, asking you to retract your statement. But other than that, I thought it was pretty good. So one correct one thing there on the pit trade. The reason I had <clears throat> Pittsburgh on the list was I was originally trying to give the conference back somebody. And I had Maryland coming back to the ACC, which to much. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I knew that was going to get Pat riled up, but thank God. I hate Maryland. Hate Maryland. So, but do, I, I will say, I, I, I will double down on that. I think the Navy thing would be really cool. Uh, Army is an independent, Navy is in the AAC, and I believe Air Force is also independent. Um, I think that'd be a great addition. Um, so, yeah, that was my uh, that was my thought process there. You gotta say, I um, absolutely loved the App State. You sold me. Mm-hmm. I am sold on App State. I'm just gonna tell you that. Yeah, right. yeah Pat, we could get we could we could get in the car this weekend and go have a beer down in Boone, North Carolina. I was gonna say, can I give you my other two? Please do. Well, what, who's your one? What's your one? Okay. Well, first of all, we're 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 removing Syracuse. We are removing Wake Forest, and we are removing Boston College. We're bringing on App State, the Mountaineers. We're bringing on. Let, let wait, hang on. Let's jump in the car. Let's get on seventy-seven. Let's take it all the way up. Let's jump on eighty-one. Oh, oh, we're taking a detour four sixty, and then I don't know what goes north off of that. But we're going to Morgantown. Oh, come on! If we we got one Mountaineers in App State. Let's get let's let's make this the conference of Mountaineers, man. I had so much fun in Morgantown last fall. I thought that was just a cool town. We were welcomed with open arms from the faithful of John John Denver and Davy Crockett. It was a ton of fun. I would love to play them every single year, and I am hella excited to play them this year in Lane Stadium. And then my third, Notre Dame, come on down. I think it's so much fun that we've gotten to play them uh, over the past few years, every game has been a great football game. And uh, unfortunately, 2019, 2021, we absolutely blew it. But um, I think we don't play them until 2026 uh, up in South Bend, maybe. So, uh, but I would love if Notre Dame was to commit, man. Commit to the A. Go ahead, Bryce. Yeah, so I thought a lot about this one. Um, my subtractions is identical to Pat. Boston College, Syracuse, Lake Forest. Uh, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Um, not going to be upset about any of those. As far as schools that I would like to join the ACC, I, I went with both realistic and unrealistic options um, that I think would make sense, though, if if it ever did happen. It would make you shake your head a couple little bit, but I, I would love it. I thought about what are the schools that I would want Virginia Tech to play every year. Um, number one, West Virginia. I think that rivalry is amazing. I kind of love that it's a little nasty. Um, I did not go to that game this year. Pat, I know, actually had a good time. Um, they're in a suffering Big 12 uh, conference that, that doesn't make sense for them to be in in any ways. Um, I think it would quickly turn into our best rivalry game. Um, maybe, maybe, with maybe beat out the one with Virginia. I mean, it would be a hard news football game. We would absolutely love it, and they're good at other sports as well. Um, a little creative on the next one. 
Um, I think this would be an un- this would be like the game to go to every year if we did it, and it would be uh, in Knoxville, Tennessee. I'd want the Volunteers um, like to join the ACC. It's uh, it's a school in Tennessee. Um, they would probably come and dominate. They would never ever give up the SEC money. So this is kind of fairy tale land. But I think having Tennessee. Uh, in the ACC and having them play the Hokies and going to tailgate in the ball Navy um, would just be absolutely incredible. I mean, I, 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 I'd be so excited. And then my last one, this one's kind of fun too. I would want to add Penn state. Hmm. Um, it would be another school up in, up in Pennsylvania. Um, I, I know it's surprised. I didn't say Notre Dame and I thought about it. I love the history that Notre Dame has. I love it so much that I don't want them to join the ACC. I like what they have going on. I like that we get to still play them a lot, but I like that they get to go do their unique things like play Navy in Ireland and play USC and play Stanford. I want them to keep that. I'm fine with that. We still get to play them. Right, exactly. But Penn State, man, how much fun would we have going to the whiteout? And how much fun would we have beating those guys? And how much fun would we have love Brent Pry to go up there and kick that butt and start winning some recruiting victories? When well, I think be, of – Go ahead. Sorry. No, like when I think of a school that I would love the opportunity to kick their teeth in, it would be Penn State, period. I think a lot of people – what that would be cool – what would be cool about that too is you would get Pittsburgh and Penn State playing each other every year in interconferencely. And something that West Virginia finally brought back this year, if they were in the ACC, they would also play Pitt every year, the backyard brawl. That game is actually on September 1st, probably my most excited for first game uh, of the of the year. Um, but uh, no, that was a ton of fun. I think Tennessee is I'm, I'm kind of slapping myself in the in the ass here. I wish I wish. Wish I thought of that one. It was right in front of everybody. But uh, realistically, from the SEC, I don't. I don't see anybody outside of Vanderbilt and uh, and South Carolina. And still, that would not happen from a financial standpoint. So um, let's let's play let's play just a little fun for a second. It, we've been playing be fun the, the whole time. We'll double down. That's it. true. I've been having a great time. How fun would it be? Well, this might not be fun, but let's say if Ohio State and Michigan for some reason left to go join that little thing down in the SEC. It's a big thing. All but sudden, yeah. Okay. All of a sudden, the Big Ten's in trouble. Right. Got rid of those three teams that we kind of have a, a consensus agreement on and added West Virginia, Notre Dame, which actually is realistic, and Penn State. Man, that Whoa. would be fun. If you combined the ACC, crazy. if you combined the ACC, if you made it like a an oceans and a uh, and a corn league like you combined the big 10 oh and you combined God. the acc and it was the corn conference the corn side. and 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 app state and app state i mean that would be a, that'd be a lot of fun it would clearly be it would clearly be second fiddle but i mean that'd be a ton of it'd get pete morris fired up you'd be bringing all those teams out there shout out to him starting at northern illinois or northern iowa or some some state out there i don't know where it is but uh shout out to pete he's back on his tractor i'm sure he's happy about that um anyway bryce Thank you so much. It's always fun when you join. We have a ton of fun. Um, a great time. Not a break, can't let it be go, going that long. And But football is around the corner, and we are excited to get it going again. Don't be the fringe guy. Thanks for having me on, boys.
time to wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand. But I saw you dance like you want to in my head. And all that she said is, Oh, I know it's what you're thinking. Dude.